All right. Again, we are in the Gospel of John, and we're going to be in chapter 11. We could spend an entire quarter on the concept of resurrection, which is one of the themes that we're going to see here in this chapter. Uh, But let's go ahead and get through the text. Um, I'm going to read most of... Uh, the chapter in one reading to give us a little bit of context in the previous chapter, chapter 10, we saw Jesus drawing on this metaphor of being the good shepherd, calling out his sheep by name, and they know his voice and he knows them. He's going to lay down his life for the sheep. And so uh, we saw some connections between that story in chapter 9 with the man born blind who came to follow, who's the only one who saw Jesus for how, uh, who he really is. And we're going to see maybe some other connections with that here in this, in this miracle as well. This is the, uh, this is the seventh miracle uh, that is given in detail uh, related to us in this book. There are many others that he does, but this is the seventh one that uh, he does as a sign. Uh, Let's go ahead and go through the reading. I'm going to go ahead and read verses 1 through 44, and we'll talk about that and, and try to get to the last few verses in the last few minutes of class. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death. But for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you. And are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. If he, but if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away, and many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. 
Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God, who is to come into the world. And when she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, the teacher has come and is calling for you. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Now, Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her, saying, she's going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then when they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying and Jesus lifted up his eyes, he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me and I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he and he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. All right. So there are several different uh, scenes in this one uh, episode here. Let's let's break down at least the first uh, section, maybe verses one through sixteen. We see uh, this family that apparently has a history with with Jesus. Uh, these two sisters, Mary and Martha, and the brother Lazarus. Uh, Jesus has an intimate relationship with them. He loves them. We see that uh, referenced in verse 5, just as Jesus loves his sheep and is going to lay down his life for them. They come and has, has, have this announcement. Behold, he whom you love is sick. What do you make of uh, this introduction? 
What stands out to you uh, in connection to how he responds or the interaction he has uh, with his disciples? Yeah, well, this is John writing, not not Jesus. And perhaps um, Martha might have been the one um, who had penned the letter or had sent the messengers originally. So, yeah, there, we see uh, the connection between these sisters, Mary, her sister Martha, and how Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus. Uh, the The... Reference in verse 2, Mary being the one who uh, anointed the Lord uh, with fragrant oil. We actually haven't seen that yet. That's going to be in the next chapter. But the reader is going to have some kind of context uh, in reading this, being familiar with uh, what's going on. Yes, Steph. They have no wine. Remember in chapter 2? That, uh, what does, yeah, Mary the mother said, doesn't necessarily, we don't see any kind of request. We don't see any kind of context of that. But just, uh, just letting him know the request is implied. And that, that can make some kind of application for us and in our prayers. Talking to God, we may not even necessarily have to e- explain what we are requesting, but just letting God know, hey God, this is the situation I'm in. And, and, and leaving that with Him. So, um, very good. Yes? They said that, that it says that He, um, they told Him that they was, He was sick. They didn't tell Him that He died. But He knew that. Yes. Yeah. The timeline is a little bit uh, peculiar in that that uh, he stays two more days. We'll talk a little bit more about that. He finally gets into town in verse seventeen, and he's been dead four days. So two days plus however long it took to get there, plus however long it took for the messengers to get to him. It's but. He, he, it's, it's clear and plain in verse 14. Jesus knows, and he says it plainly there, but even still he knows plainly back in verse 11 when he says, our friend Lazarus sleeps. It's not that something necessarily happened between him sleeping and him dying. He's, he's using that sleep language to talk about the, the death of, of Lazarus. Yes. 
Yes, Lloyd. Very good. um, It's not unto death, but for the glory of God. It's not going to end in death. This is not leading toward death, but for the glory of God, uh, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. How How is the Son of God glorified through what happens? Verse 27, I think. Yeah, in verse 45, uh, we see a connection there. Many of the Jews who had come to Mary, seen the things Jesus did, believed in him. We didn't read through it yet, but 46 through 57, what else happens? Other people share this message with the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin. They conspire, they create this plan to, to murder this man, who is the sacrifice for our sins, the sacrifice that's needed, that God requires, and because of that, our sins are forgiven, and he is raised three days later. In a way, this sickness is not unto death, for, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. It's not, it doesn't end at the raising of Lazarus. It continues through the rest of the book. It continu- the, the Son of God is glorified and God is given glory because Jesus pretty well knows That Bethany being two miles away from Jerusalem, people are going to see this and people are going to tell others about it. And it's going to set in motion the dominoes that lead to his crucifixion. If you knew that that was what was in store for you, would you still go? Jesus did. And Jesus did said, this is what the ultimate end game is. The end game is the glory of God, the Father and the Son of God. So, uh, interesting to, to see that. Um, verse 6, uh, just an amazing thing that he heard this, but he stayed two more days. What do you make of that? Couldn't, could he have done what happened with the official son back in, back in the previous chapter, back in... Um, chapter 4, where we saw that he said, you know, your son lives and he healed him that very instant. It doesn't, that doesn't happen. He waits two days for all this to play out. And, and, uh, but what, what else do you think? This is to glorify God. 
and it stays two days longer. In my mind, if I was one of the disciples, I think I'd be like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Jesus obviously isn't going back. He said that it's not going to end in death. And then when he wants to go back, after the two days, they are... Um, Thomas is concerned for his safety. They wanted to stone him. I, I feel like they are really starting to feel the, the pressure of the culmination of everything. Um, and the fact that Thomas basically says, alright, if you're going back to die, let's go die with him. Uh, that's just, it's incredible. Yeah, just just the uh, uh, how Thomas replies. Let's all go, uh, let's also go that we may die with him. We see the disciples again um, previously um, in verse eight. They're wanting to stone you. You want to go there again? Um, yeah, Thomas's uh, reply is is very interesting. Um, I've looked at it previously as him being very loyal, but also sort of pessimistic, like, okay, it's going to be a kamikaze mission. We know, let's go. We're going to die, die as well. Um, and, and in a sense, remember, uh, all of this happening, the dominoes are going to be set that lead to Jesus' crucifixion, and the followers of Jesus as well are going to be, uh, be killed uh, as time goes on. What else? The, the centurion's child that he healed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I see that as not a very public happening. I see this as a very public display of his power because there was townspeople there to console Mary and Martha. And if somebody's been dead for four days in the tomb, four days, uh, sure you're dead. Mm-hmm. It's not a lie. He was almost dead. He was dead, and so it was a very public display of his power. Absolutely, yeah. Very public. Four days. There's no doubt that this. The, this man is dead. Um, and as soon as people start witnessing this, the word's going to spread. And what we're going to see later on in verse 48, the Pharisees are worried and say, if we let him alone, everyone's going to believe. Because it's just, every, there's going to be no denying of what this man is doing. Yes. That's a good point that that whatever hope they had 
uh, is is pretty well gone, and we're and uh, we're going to see what happens as a result of that. That, that Jesus trumps that. Okay. And also perhaps connecting that with um, with verse 4. Um, when Jesus heard that, he said, it doesn't say who he said this to, whether it was the disciples, whether it was to the messenger, whether it was uh, to the many who had believed in the previous uh, chapter. But yeah, all of this glory of God, as if you believe, you will see this glory of God. Very good. Mike and then. I, I, I guess I have always taken it that the messengers there heard this and went back and Jesus knew he would have reported back what Jesus would have said because the way that Jesus loved her family. And so Jesus knows that he would have said this to her, so that's what he said. But there again, we yep. don't know all the sticky details, but we have to make some assumptions. Sure. That's yes, Yeah, let's get into that. We've looked at a lot of him. He's still over the Jordan, hasn't even come into Bethany. But we see in verse 17, leading up to uh, uh, to verse 35, um, he finally came into town. He'd been in the tomb for days. Um, Martha's response... This interaction is really interesting, I think. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And we see Jesus' response here. Now, your brother will rise again. I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Whoever lives and believes in me, he shall never die. And do you believe this? Yes, Lord, I believe that you're the Christ, Son of God, who is to come into the world. What do you, what do you make of her initial uh, statement and the interaction, the, the, the discourse between, uh, between Martha and, and Jesus here? Teacher, or the student seems to be catching on. You understand what I'm saying? 
Yeah. Yeah, that, that's uh, a sort of a test. And Jesus, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. He could have just turned, looked at the uh, stone and said, Lazarus, come forth. And, the, and he comes out of the grave. But no, she has another response to his statement. Um, Martha has some kind of general understanding of of resurrection, but she doesn't see the full picture that Jesus is wanting uh, her to see. And so he says, I am the resurrection and the life. I think it's important to sort of see those together, but also as two separate concepts, those those two separate kinds of ideas. Um, whether Martha heard all of these uh, teachings of Jesus about resurrection, we don't see um, a ton of resurrection language in John. We've seen it previously in uh, chapter 5 when he says, all who hear my voice will, will be raised from the dead and things of that nature uh, back in chapter 5. But if you look at the Old Testament, the Old Testament is is full of uh, re- uh, resurrection episodes. Uh, you see it throughout Genesis. You see uh, the Exodus in a in a way as a type of resurrection. We see exile as a type of resurrection. Uh, just over and over again, God is good at bringing life out of chaos and death. And where there is no hope, where, in figuratively speaking, it's been four days and there's no more hope, there's no chance that, that anything's going to uh, get any better. And, G- and yes, boy. Uh, I think it's interesting that they believe that Jesus could heal him when he was sick, but they don't, they're not even thinking. That, that's, that seemed to be the only... Death is so definitive. It is so permanent in, in, from, from, a, from a mindset without seeing Jesus as who he truly is. And verse 25 is almost a rebuke saying, I am the resurrection and the life right now. It's not... Martha says, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And so Jesus says, good, I'm glad you know that. We just have to wait. No, he says, this is now. This is me. Yes, Leanne. That's a good question. I don't necessarily know. It could be that, or it could be um, whatever other miracles Jesus has in store to perform. He can still do other things, maybe not this one. I I don't know if there's another uh, hard... I I don't have a good, firm argument on that one. That's a good question. I was thinking of that as well, reading through it, uh, as to whether or not that's... Whenever she says, whatever you ask of God, he will give you. Um, 
whether that's talking about this resurrection or something more generic. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, her response doesn't seem to indicate that she thought he could raise him. Because if she was saying, Jesus, can you can you do something about this? Can you raise him to dead? And he says, he will live again. Then she should have said, okay, great, let's go to the tomb. But instead she said, yeah, I know, in the resurrection. And Mary didn't believe it either because when they got to the tomb, she said, hey, I wouldn't roll that stone away if I were you. Yeah. But so... So there are all the indications are they had no clue that he could do that or was going to do that. Yeah, very good. Yeah, the, we see later on whenever he says in verse 39 to take away the stone, she, she's apprehensive, like, wait, wait, wait. Why are, you, why are we doing this? It doesn't make any sense. No, I've really seen that. Mitch? I don't know the significance of this, but I find it interesting that Mary and Martha both have the exact Yeah, that, that's a, that's a good point. I hadn't really thought thought much of that. I I did notice. Yeah, they both both say, "Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have have died." And uh, perhaps Jesus's response is in connection with what we see in verse thirty three. Uh, he sees her weeping. He sees the Jews who came with her weeping. And so he's groaned in his spirit and troubled. Um, perhaps, uh, and he says, where have you laid him? Come and see. We've seen that expression before in John, haven't we? Come and see. And Jesus, Jesus wept. I've seen some different kinds of commentaries on, on this. And, per, and though clearly Jesus is full of emotion here, there's a lot of different emotions at play. He's, he, is, he is grieving. He is sad. He is angry at the, at the effects of sin, knowing that sin introduced death into the world. And so knowing that this is because of sin, knowing that you can see a sense of frustration, like... I am the resurrection and the life, and you guys still aren't getting it. He's, he's just frustrated, in a sense, at that. Or perhaps even still, he weeps knowing, in a few moments, I'm going to do something that's going to lead to my death. And, and, but even still, I have this resolve to do the Father's will. I'm not doing this because I want to. I'm doing this because... The Father is giving me this work to do, and I have to do it. So, um, again, they, there is some doubt again. Uh, some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? They see death as permanent. They see it as definitive. They see this man. They didn't say, oh, this man opened the eyes of the blind. He can raise this guy from the dead. No, he, they, there is doubt in that. Uh, Jesus, again, we've already mentioned in verse 40, 40, Did I not say to you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? Tying that back in with what we saw in verse uh, 25, I am the resurrection and the life. 
He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Whoever lives and believes me shall never die. Do you believe this? Going back a little bit to, I think, one of Mitch's comments, I think we need to redefine death. Death is not what we necessarily make it out to be. Um, But we, we need to see Jesus as the source of life. And, and see him as our eternal life. And he says, do you believe this? She says, yes, I believe. And yet she has this resignation. She has this hesitancy of why are we going through rolling away the stone? Uh, and then in verse 40 and following. Upon seeing... Uh, And took away the stone from the place where the dead man was uh, lying. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, and we see him praying a prayer of thanksgiving. He's giving thanks. This is not the only miracle in this book that we see Jesus giving thanks before he does what he's going to do. We saw that in the feeding of the 5,000. He lifted up his eyes and he, he gave thanks before distributing out the, the loaves and the fish. And he says, I thank you that you've heard me and that you're letting me do this for everyone to see. And then he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. He who had died came out bound hand and foot with and grave clothes, face was wrapped with a cloth. And though I've often overlooked this part, Jesus says, loose him and let him go. The chains of sin and the chains of death no longer have a hold on Lazarus. And the chains of sin and the chains of death have no hold on you and me. Do you believe this? I may say, yes, I recognize that. But I feel like I, I feel like Martha sometimes. I'll say, yes, Lord, I believe this. I believe you're the Son of God. You're the one who's come into the world. But then I'll still doubt. I'll still be like, really? This situation I find myself in, this problem I'm facing, this temptation that is, that's battling and attacking me, there, there's no hope. Four days have gone. There's no hope. I can't, I can't get through this. But Jesus is the resurrection and the life. We need to believe that and see that as it is. John. Yeah, interesting. Uh, God's glory exists whether we believe or whether we see, but it's that connection of uh, believing that we will truly see. So, very good. What else? 
I think verse 42, I find it interesting that Jesus in this prayer explains why this whole story took place as it did. And he said, but because of the people who were standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. So this, this, this whole story, this Lazarus getting sick, Jesus waiting two days to go, Jesus arriving four days after he was dead, that was the purpose of this, you know? You had asked the question earlier, could Jesus have um, done this like he did with the, the ruler's servant? He could have, but it was for, at that point, it was for that man's benefit that he, because that man was right there. Here, Mary and Martha were there. So for their benefit and everybody else, it, it was better for him to wait to get there until the fulfillment of this sickness and of this death to prove, as verse 42 says, that they, everyone there, may believe that you, Father, sent me Christ to them. Yeah. Now, the, the concept of uh, John's gospel is not giving us a full picture of uh, the the gospel or, or the the life of Jesus because really aren't there resurrections in some of the other gospels but even still up to this point what we had seen he had done so many things in multiplying on walking on water in uh, healing people who had been uh, ill since birth or years upon end transforming water to wine. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 26. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. And he is that life. He is that resurrection. And that resurrection is the story of us. Not the story of us in the very last day of judgment. That's the story of us each and every day. And seeing and seeing uh, the resurrection Unfold over and over and over again. Brad, and then Mitch. Um, so one thing that uh, has popped up a couple times is um, Jesus praying to God um, for various things. Um, Martha says in verse 22, I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Um, he looked up
Yeah, very, very interesting just to see the how God the Son submits himself to God the Father, expresses and acknowledges his dependence on the Father. He doesn't, when he hears that the one whom he loves is sick, he doesn't heal him immediately. He doesn't even leave immediately. And that's not the only time we see in the gospel that Jesus doesn't do things in his own timetable, he does things according to the timetable of the Father, and he, he recognizes it's not about him. He's not doing things the way he wants. He's doing things the way the Father wants. So going back to the theme of the book, if we're tying this all back in, this resurrection of Lazarus is only in John. Um, so John 20... 's that's, that's a good point the the uh, one of the reasons for him doing this is for uh, their belief and we see that as a result of of doing this absolutely the the con- like it is a it's a foreshadowing of sorts. It is, as, we're, as we'll see in 45 to the end of the chapter, as we've mentioned, it's going to lead to, it's a cause and effect. If there is a sense in which uh, this precipitates uh, his crucifixion, uh, we, see, we see that over and over again. Um, and that's, that's a key concept for us to see, is the gospel as a story of resurrection in Lazarus, in Jesus, in us. see his 
compassion and his humanity because it plucked the strings of his heart. That's why he was called. You know, he's a man. He's a human being in that aspect. Uh, and, and then, in, in a little bit, right after, shortly after that, we see him glorifying God out of this tragic, you know. And uh, I, I just, I think, I think the account endears us to, to Christ and his humanity and how he suffers with us. Okay. Everything that he would have processed in his mind, I agree with every bit of it. You know, uh, this this is because of sin. This is because of Satan. This, in a few days, I'm going to be in one of those uh, one of those tombs myself. You know, lots of things. Can you imagine not crying in the middle of that? And we do. So, That's a good point. Seeing the humanity and the deity. Uh, Yes. Yes, just the, the interestingness of what we saw in chapter 10, verse 3. The shepherd calls his sheep by name, Lazarus, come forth. And seeing, seeing this humanity combined with the deity has so many different responses. So many people believe, but I'm just going to summarize real quickly uh, some of the key points of 45 through the rest of the chapter. Perhaps we'll touch a little bit on this uh, next week. But verse 46, some of them went away to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus did. And uh, verse 47, their response is, what shall we do? He works many signs. There's no denying it. And, and they have to have some kind of response because if we let him alone, everyone will believe in him. Verse, in verses 49 through 52, one of the most beautiful ironies and uh, unintended prophecies of Scripture. Uh, Caiaphas, uh, the high priest, says, uh, essentially says, You guys know nothing at all, nor do you consider that it's expedient for us that one man should die... Uh, for the people, and not that the whole nation should perish. The thing that's best for everybody is for him to die. And isn't that true? He, uh, the best thing to do is to, uh, to kill this shepherd who's not having his life taken away from him, but in reality is laying down his life for the sheep. Essentially in verses... Uh, 53 and on there is a warrant for his arrest just as uh, they had enough pressure to back in back in chapter 9 that if anybody spoke in favor of Jesus that they would be kicked out of the synagogue or kicked out 
uh, here, if anybody knows where he is, they are told that they need to uh, notify the Pharisees so that they can apprehend him. Very good. Anything else before we finish out? Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? God bless. Thank you, guys.